Before we begin the podcast, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast on, the Arakwal people of Bunjalung country. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. Calling All Lovers Season 3. Today on the podcast, you're going to be listening to myself and Kai Leplor chat about all things sex, love, relationships as per usual. But also, we're going to be diving into his time on the Netflix reality show Byron Bays, as well as answering some listener questions and just um catching up as well so if you haven't heard of Kai he is a photographer um an incredible photographer actually whose work is more like art um yeah pieces of beautiful art and he also does tattoos he is, um, as I said, on the Netflix show Byron Bays. And Kai and I have known each other for, oh, I don't even know, probably seven years now. Um, we originally met in Berlin when we were both living in Berlin. And I was working for a magazine there. And I met Kai through someone else that I was hanging out with at the time and he and I got along super well we ended up taking some really fun photos and I interviewed him for the magazine and then uh, we both moved to Paris and we lived in Paris together and then Kai moved to London and the last time I saw him before this recording was actually two years ago in London February 2020 right before the pandemic hit um so yeah you got to hear a little bit of our reunion on this episode and I asked Kai some questions that you've all written in about and as I said we talk about lots of other things that Kai hasn't spoken about publicly before um so yeah thank you Kai for allowing me to have this space to um, chat to you about some really important topics um, that I know you haven't spoken about before. Anyway, here's Kai Leplor. Well, welcome to Calling All Lovers, Kai. I'm like beyond stoked to have you on the podcast. I'm, it's like the first time I've had someone that's cis, male and straight. So thank you so much for having me, Katie. 
I am, um, yeah, I feel very honored. I've been listening to your, your other episodes with um, amazing guests. They all have really like really great insight. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks. Well, you got a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> I know. I know. Definitely. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Am I worthy for calling all others? Thank definitely. you. Um, so I start every podcast with your pronouns. Sis. Yeah. So yeah. he, him. And yeah. I've never said mine, I realized when I was listening back to them. So she, her. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So a little icebreaker. What is your weirdest dating sex story anything in that sort of category so when i was listening back to the other other replies to this question Mm -hmm. i was definitely you know running through my head and i think everyone has a uh, you know a thousand (laughs) different things they could think of because i think sex in general is quite um, it's it's all beautiful and also there's some weirdness around it all um but I was trying to think of what I felt probably one of the most embarrassing <laughs> feelings because <laughs> I want to be open with you. You know, we've known each other for a very long time yeah. and I think it's it's a funny little insight. But um, yeah, let's just break the ice with <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was recently single and it was New Year's and mm-hmm. I was just I'd just come home from Europe to see the family Um and new year's eve you get a bit wild sometimes everyone starts kissing and it was definitely one of those type of new year's eves and ended up kissing and and enjoying um the company of multiple people in a in that context and it was really nice there's no embarrassment in that scenario yeah um but i was going back to europe uh the next day Uh (laughs) and um and so my dad picked me up from an all-nighter where I was snuggling up with the three other, three or four, three other people. Uh-huh. Um, I hadn't slept. I was very wired and, um, you know, tripping. Yeah. <laughs> and he took me straight to Brisbane Airport, <laughs> and I jumped straight on one, of, you know, that twenty-four-hour flight. Yeah. Now I was tripping still, <laughs> and um, still quite very much so in the headspace of. Um, sex related content mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i thought i've got a long time on this flight <laughs> Where is this going? i've got a long time on this flight i might as well you know <laughs> do something <laughs> and i went into the bathrooms and and uh, yeah this is the embarrassing part I went into the bathrooms and keeping in mind still kind of not slept a bit like loosey-goosey and was yeah, proceeded to finish myself off from the night before, essentially. <laughs> and when you're on drugs, sometimes your perception of time goes out the window. Uh-huh. And I was in the, the one cubicle of this, this plane. <laughs> anyway, I For finished. how long? I, I don't know, still to this day. I, I finished up and um, opened the door and there was probably about seven people waiting for the bathroom. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and I was uh, so, oh my god, so embarrassed. So that is my icebreaker. I'm Kai Fox Lepler, and um, <laughs> yeah, from there it's not that anything worse. That's cool. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's very vulnerable. 
I honestly would never even think of doing that. Like, I feel disgusting on a flight. Yeah, definitely. I don't like those, especially that long, long yeah. flight from Australia to, like, the UK mm-hmm. that we've done many a times. Yeah. I, in my right mind, completely. I'm definitely not that type of person, especially by myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I hadn't slept for a while, and... Um, was you know feeling good i think i was listening to elvis or something so i was real <laughs> feeling real funky for some reason i thought it was a good idea <laughs> yeah uh. all right well yeah that's a good icebreaker <laughs> <laughs> um so the past few months have been super interesting for you yeah definitely <sighs> well, i don't even know where to start like tell me first of all if people don't know, Kai was recently on a Netflix reality show called Byron Base. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's very interesting. Um, and I want to know, like, how did that even come about? Like, why did you decide? Like, I would never pick you to be on a reality show. Like, knowing you as I do, mm. it was a shock. I was like, what? <laughs> Definitely. I think to give your viewers or listeners some, mm-hmm. some context as well, Katie and I have known each other since fresh out of high school. <laughs> We're similar ages and um, we have both been traveling around and working professionally in Europe all over, like um, yeah. Germany and France and, and UK. And so somehow our paths have always been crossing mm-hmm. and I, I've got to watch this beautiful woman grow up, <laughs> which is amazing. And likewise yeah. to me. And I think, um, yeah, I think definitely in terms of, you know, coming to a conclusion of like doing a a show like this and Mm -hmm. and, um, everyone sort of gets a little bit like, whoa, Netflix, you know, that's a big deal. Everyone knows what that is. Um, And there's preconceptions as to what a reality TV star is. And I think initially I was very dismissive of the idea Mm -hmm. as soon as I came back to Australia um, it was around the whole time of COVID and, and things like that. I um, was sort of a bit like I didn't know what I was doing. I know where my passions lie and I was still exploring those as a creative. Um, but then I had these, you know, random producers that I'd never met before coming up and being like, hey, we want to do like um, work with you on this, this program. They wouldn't mm-hmm. tell me who it was for. So mm-hmm. I didn't know it was Netflix. It's very secretive, this whole process. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, as soon as I heard that, like reality reality <laughs> TV, I was like, nah, that's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and so I was very dismissive for like I I would say almost six six months to a year of back and forth, and yeah, and then uh, ultimately my mum was like, hey, you're this might be good for you. This might be a, an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You've never been someone to. Um, push away from anything new yeah and um you're a good person so if you be yourself on camera I think it'll be a fun experience and I'm so glad that I listened to mum but then also other people in the community about you know who were people who I respect their opinion Mm -hmm. because I had such a great time I have really good friends with all the production side of the team and 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 likewise with the cast yeah and um it's just totally you know opened so many different doors that i didn't know even yeah. existed really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i was honestly like worried when you first told me because oh. i was like typically like guys don't come off great on reality tv especially totally. straight 
Totally. Guys. I think, I think, you know, my, I'm not necessarily the market for reality TV. Yeah. And I think a lot of the Byron Shire aren't either. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was so dismissive of the idea straight away. And so I was like, no, I'm not one of those Love Island people. Yeah. I'm not someone who wears fake tan. Like yeah. that's what my preconception of what a reality TV star was. Uh-huh. But then I, I thought, well, actually, if that's what reality TV stars are, and I'm getting asked to go on that, and that's not who I am, yeah. this is a great opportunity to sort of break break through some some barriers that we have as like a society of going like, okay, what is a reality TV star? Because mm. I think. Um, my honest opinion is I haven't finished watching the TV show yet, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, from what I've seen and what I've been sent from, um, you know, heaps of people around the world is there's like this, it it is really weird seeing someone like myself on TV Mm -hmm. because it does, I kind of stand out like I'm not supposed to be there. The the comparison with Pete Davidson that's been thrown around is like this string bean boy of, you know, um, and I think that's actually quite a positive thing moving mm-hmm. forward if, if we start seeing more people that are almost relatable on on tv that that's quite interesting to me yeah you know? yeah and so I, I guess that was one of the reasons why i wanted to do it yeah no for sure you come across really exactly who you are um thanks and thanks babe yeah no i was watching it and i was like i feel like i'm just hanging out with my friend because also i hadn't seen you for like so long yeah like it's really good to see you oh just (laughs) so everyone knows we're doing this in my house katie hasn't been to my house before yeah um and it's really nice like sitting across the table looking at you definitely this is my first in-person podcast so i feel very like comfortable i feel honored it's great (laughs) Um, with this show, like, how did the dynamics of the relationships work? Like, people are like, were you guys friends before? Or were you just sort of like all put together and then you became friends? Because I know that you're still in contact with everyone and you're friends with them. Like now, I'm assuming, but like before. I guess I can only really speak from my experience, which I think is a little bit different to everyone else's. Um... Uh, the head producer of the show who is an amazing woman and a good friend of mine now mm-hmm. um i think she was really trying her best to fit me into this um already established friendship group of um different people who had um past experiences yeah, with each other stuff, and yeah. so and for a season one of a show like this you're always it's always going to be a little bit disjointed in a sense mm-hmm. um because because we're all coming together all getting used to being on camera um and and yeah finding those dynamics in relationships actually in real time Mm -hmm. and so uh, me personally i think they were just like hey just we don't know what's going to (laughs) happen just go and hang out with those people and you know i did know people like nathan and and uh, elias and and things like that before we started filming Mm -hmm. um and then that, you know, quickly turned into a friendship that was nice. And now post season one, yeah, going into, you know, doing season twos and, and things like that, it's, um, uh, it's a lot stronger. And yeah. so like, it makes me really excited for doing, if we, if, you know, doing a season two, whatever that looks like, um, I feel like it's going to be 110% more like 
in your face mm-hmm. and it's going to feel a lot more real and I think there's there's a lot of drama that's happened off camera and on, yeah. like for a lot of different people it's a crazy world right now yeah. so like everyone's feeling there's going to be a lot more drama there's going to be a lot more authenticity I think moving forward mm-hmm. and that's just how um, reality TV always works you know yeah no but, for sure do you um, think anyone went into it being like what can I do to get more screen time? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. You don't have to say names. I, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't want to get yeah. <laughs> chucked under the bus. But no, I definitely think that um, actively you could see people trying to figure out who they want to present themselves as. And yeah. some people are very successful with that. Um, some people may, maybe, maybe make the mistake of... Um, posing themselves as a character mm. that not necessarily who they are authentically yeah. so then they in the long run you have to sort of hold that as your yeah. your presence essentially and, and people have that perception of you as well when they meet you now so it's like because yeah. the amount of people that have watched this show that don't even know you or any of the other cast they're just going to have this perception totally yeah and i think <laughs> i think it's it's really good because when people see me, and this is definitely how I am on the, on, like, I have a lot of people who come up and ask me for photos mm-hmm. and, and things, and, and I'm really still getting used to that. Yeah. Um, but I, when, when, I, when the show first came out, it, there were so many photos going online of me looking like I was held hostage <laughs> <laughs> in, like, in, like, dirty clothes and, and everything. But that's kind of what people were expecting. They, were, they weren't expecting someone to look, you know, spray tanned all the time and that's not who I am in person and so I feel like I'm I'm very lucky that what you see on tv is sort of what you get and Mm -hmm. and then also I have more to like offer people yeah which is cool I really enjoy that yeah for sure um I'm gonna try and get a bit of tea now (laughs) perfect go for it um so there's like yeah There's rumors. Well, we are like a sex and relationship podcast. So I have to ask this question. There's rumors that you and Sarah (laughs) have like been together after the show. And I don't even know where these rumors came from because I, maybe I was like so unaware of watching the show, but like (laughs) I've seen people like asking like, Oh, so what happened with you and Sarah? And I'm like, did I miss something? It's so funny because like, um, it's crazy how how much detail people go into when watching a show like this. And, I'm, you know, you, it's so hard to sort of, like, give the mental space to the idea that someone's at home watching an episode being like, oh, Kai and Sarah worked in at this event together. Therefore, it means that blah, blah, blah. And it's like they're, like, trying to break down all these Easter eggs and stuff. Um, I cannot confirm or deny anything, of course. Um, but... Me and Sarah are really close, you know, and and we we you know all of this stuff on the show season one, and keeping in mind this was filmed six months ago or, yeah. or so, something like that. Um, that that's all quite genuine. That was when we were really um, meeting each other for reals, and yeah. we really got on and and everything like that. And um, yeah. It, um, I was I was pretty shocked, but of course, like I, I think Sarah's a babe and she's cool and she's fun to talk to. I think it's definitely the um, the main part of attraction, just in general, with friends or lovers yeah. or both, um, is is the personality and having a good conversation. You know. Yeah, 
Well, and she's just a babe. <laughs> yeah, and she's a babe, complete babe. So, Sarah, let's go on a date next week. Sounds good. <laughs> so, people are definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble not for re- saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, people are definitely not uh, reading into things too much, I don't think. I think that's something <laughs> that. <laughs> wow. No. No. Next question. <laughs> Um, I wanted to go into like your relationships and yeah. how they've sort of progressed in the way that you show up in your relationships, like friendships, romantic combination of both, like with your first relationship, for example, how much have you grown since that to where you are now and how you sort of handle going into a relationship? So, good question. Appreciate Thanks. that question. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind when I, you know, how it's, it's essentially it's kind of like how has your relationship shaped you as a, a, a participant, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind is is I'm I've always been and I I hope and continue to always be. Um, someone who has been surrounded by amazing women in my life. And um, that's, you know, from people like my mum, my sister, my nana. Um, and then, yeah, my first my first partners as like, you know, girlfriends. And, and I think as a straight, I, I identify as a straight male, um, there's a huge importance that sort of um, re- relies on your partner uh, especially as a young male, mm-hmm. you know, exploring this sexual world and, and whatnot. And actually, it, it doesn't have to be gendered. I think yeah. it, it's it's very, there's a huge importance at play um, for young lovers in general. Mm-hmm. And they really rely on those, those first interactions when you're, you know, um, discovering someone else's body and you're, uh, you're like, you know, first time giving someone head or, yeah. or uh, having sex you know yeah. that stuff really stays with you and I think it's the same way that you know I still have a deep love for my first proper girlfriend yeah um, because we taught each other so much yeah in that sense yeah and I think um I think I have been very lucky with my partners uh, sort of shaping who I am mm-hmm. now today um, because they've been so understanding, they've been so giving. Um, they've they've sort of been. We've we've always. I've always sort of had quite open, open-minded um, partners. Open-minded partners in the sense of uh, always discussing things, and and that I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having that discussion, finding a really nice middle ground, but also finding. You know, it's a huge importance to understand yeah. what your partner likes, whether that's inside or outside the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And um, it that can be translated into so many different parts of the world and like, yeah. you know, interactions with business partners or everything. Yeah. It's just the understanding. And communication. Yeah. But um, I think, I think sort of to conclude that, I think like a lot of people um, of our generation, we're sort of – there's a huge movement uh, from – I know my first relationships were much more misogynistic and sort of, Mm. uh, I think that's the right word. Yeah, misogynistic. What are you trying to say? Like, it's more, there there was more of a sense of like, you are mine, I am Mm. yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like almost almost having to ask permission for a lot of different things. Like ownership. Ownership, Mm -hmm. yeah. Patriarchal? 
Yeah, well, it's like a patriarchal view on relationships. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, uh, and I'm very, very happy that we're moving away from that as like a sort of our generation. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's a lot of like tension that comes from that um, sort of ownership way of referring to your partner as like, that is my girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah, or in Australia where it's like, the the missus or the ball and chain. Yeah, (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) And and there is is still so much of that, you know. There's so much in this world where where we actively have to be progressive in a in a way mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't necessarily feel familiar to a lot of people yeah. or, but but that little bit of progression can lead to better future better relationships better um interactions between partners and lovers yeah. and i think um i think from you know my first girlfriend mm-hmm. to to now i'm i'm currently single mm-hmm. um that being said i i do have sexual partners that i'm mm-hmm. with um and but it's really healthy and and you look at your 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 partners that you know you really enjoy that intimate time with yeah but you look at them as like really important people in your life just in general not yeah. just the miso at home or yeah, that sort yeah. Of thing. they and have so, their own identities yeah. and everything yeah i'm still on that path but like i think i'm 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 going into a better direction yeah you know and so how do you go about like, cause you said that you have like several partners at the moment, <laughs> not yeah. like in a relationship circumstance where you said in like a sort of more of a sexual partner than yeah. like a polyamorous situation. Yeah. It's not, right? it's not that, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm coming home to seven different people <laughs> in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, yeah. that doesn't happen every night. <laughs> not every night. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, yeah, that, that doesn't happen every night. It's more, it's more just um, sort of being very open and also putting your cards on the table mm-hmm. as a, a friend, essentially at first, as like this is someone that you want to spend intimate times with. Yeah, they better be your friend before that, and, yeah. and also like I don't really. I'm a busy person nowadays, just in general. Yeah. So when, if I'm if I'm having someone over and we're having like a whole evening and stuff, mm-hmm. I want that to be an enjoyable experience, both as a friend, and then that will lead to yeah. maybe some some something more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think always being open and like honest with how what you're what you're seeking. Yeah. Because you, that can also lead to, you know falling out and mm-hmm. and everything if you're if you're like oh yeah i love you and then you're saying i love you to someone else yeah. the next night or, yeah. and that that's like nobody likes being put in that position yeah but, so how do you approach it now like say you meet someone you become friends do you have a conversation before you sleep together or were you like look i'm not looking for a relationship but i value you as a person and we could have like fun yeah i think um I think it's definitely something you have to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone who, and this is like, it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse, but if I think something, anything, you know, mm-hmm. like I was just thinking about there's a butterfly behind your head right now. Um, but, but like if I think anything, it usually comes out of my mouth without me really having <laughs> a filter. So I, I, I think it's a nice thing to have in a relationship because there's no like, no sense of 
Oh, is they are they keeping something from me? Yeah. I physically can't do that. Like I'm just like <laughs> if I'm like if I feel like saying someone looks beautiful, yeah. I will I will say they look beautiful, yeah. guys or girls or like it, it's just I think being the honesty is the the best policy mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships, friends, you know, sexual partners, all that sort of thing, business as mm-hmm. well a lot of the time. But um, I think that is very important. So by the time you sort of get into get into the sack you know yeah. and the, the lights go dim and maybe some <laughs> incense on or whatever <laughs> i think that um i think that we both have a clear understanding of who each other are mm-hmm. and where things are sort of progressing yeah that being said though like if you, you sometimes you can jump the gun and be like oh this is just casual for me you know yeah and then all of a sudden you have the best sex of your life and you're like <laughs> Uh, you know what I said about that before? Never, <laughs> never leave my house. <laughs> but even that is like better to develop naturally, you know? Totally. Um, well, I think it's pretty dated, the whole idea of like, hey, I'm babe. So I was thinking like, would you be my girlfriend? Like, I think it's really cute. It's a nice yeah. gesture, but it's it's not an essential thing. You both know. If you're dating someone and you're not wanting to sleep with anyone else, like yeah. that's you're, you're dating, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, we haven't made it Facebook official or like that sort of thing. Although in saying that, I do often get a lot of questions coming in about like, I don't know if I'm exclusive with this person, True. they're acting like they've introduced me to their parents. They've planned a trip. I've actually got a question coming up about this. And they put off all the signs that is like, we're together exclusively. And then all of a sudden they're like sleeping with someone else. I think, um, so I've been in that situation before, you know, um, I think I can speak on me being that person Mm. of sort of the, the, the dick in that scenario. (laughs) I have been that person before. Um, and then also I've had that sort of happen to me before. Yeah. And I think it really does bottle down to where that, that person who's acting a certain way, they, they haven't come to terms with that question in their head yet. Mm. So it's like, it's affecting you as a bystander. Yeah. But, um, you know, it comes down to, you know, there's so many different things that we have to think about when getting into a relationship as someone who is, you know, between the ages of 13 years old and 45 years old. Yeah. There's like am I ready to settle down? It's like, is this going to cut off ties from X, Y, and Z in the future? Mm -hmm. Does that mean I'm not allowed to act a certain way? There's so Mm -hmm. many questions. So um, it's quite common. I think that people feel that feeling like you were saying your listeners have those sort of questions. It's just really people coming to terms with what they want. Yeah. And like 99% of the time, it's not actually to do what, to do with that person who's yeah. asking the question like are we are we together they're just like involved yeah you know? I think like also from like a woman's perspective or like someone with you know a uterus essentially that has a time limit on fertility mm. I'm not saying that men don't have a time limit because now stati- statistics say that it's 50 50 it's like old sperm also has the impact as much as old eggs Mm. but it's always put on the woman and that she has like a time limit on her fertility and so like going into dating in your late 20s 
it does feel a little bit different. Oh, completely. And and I have I have um, numerous friends at the moment, and I'm very thankful for that. They're them being so open mm. about this to me as you know a, a male friend of theirs. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of friends of mine who are uh, they're like from my age onwards, uh, who are yeah looking for something more than just good sex or yeah. a good a good friend and like there is there is a legitimacy behind dating someone that you want to then you know yeah create some new life yeah. with. and it, that was crazy for me like you know looking at my best friend and his beautiful partner yeah had uh, an amazing baba recently yeah. but just looking at that going like oh my god that's where we are in our life <laughs> yeah. now you know i'm here I'm here on a reality TV show and my best friend just had a baby that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and for the first time in my life, I felt clucky. I was yeah. like, oh. You've always been clucky. I've, like, you're literally the only guy friend that I have that is like, yeah, I could be a dad, like, now. Yeah. Are you still there or no? I, I, um, I think you've known me in uh, as being someone in a relationship yeah. happy, someone yeah. who's been in a relationship very unhappy yeah. and someone who's been single yeah. and I think yeah always the reoccurring motif is I definitely would I love the idea of being a dad but there is huge responsibilities yeah. that we all need to like question before going and popping off having a baby you know yeah. like I don't want to bring someone into a world where it's a struggle for them for me for my partner mm. um unnecessary stress you know uh, overseas it's another question that everyone needs to ask if you're traveling and you're yeah. you're in love with someone like well family is a big part of my life always yeah. that's something that I want to be a big part of my child's life if I'm overseas in say Paris yeah where's my family i i could not picture my aussie battler dad walking <laughs> around in jet pilot board shorts in like you know, champs Elysees or something like that um but yeah so i think uh, at this stage of my life right now there is amazing women in my life yeah but maybe we're not at that level of uh connection to yeah. have a child um, I'm not at that level because there's, I'm so busy yeah. when I, when I become a dad, I want becoming a dad to be like priority, my everything, yeah. you know? And that being said, I think it's very healthy having a good uh, relationship with work and, yeah. and partner and everything like that. But obviously I can hardly have a, you know, conversation sometimes because I've got so many different ideas in my yeah. head right now. Yeah. Imagine if you've got a baby on a leash or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that dad with the, the baby on the leash being like... You know, oh, your kid stuff. is for sure just going to be like what they call a runner. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really hope if, I, when I, if and when I have a, a child, for me and my partner's sake, um, I hope that kid is much more chilled than i <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's called karma <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. um i wanted to ask you a bit about your sex education because it's a topic that i talk a lot about on my podcast and i have people from different countries telling me about sort of what they were brought into um with sex education we grew up in like very close proximity mm. of each other but you went to a different kind of school than me and you're also a guy so what were you taught in school specifically and then outside of school with your parents 
So I think it probably would have been like 2000 and maybe nine or eight mm-hmm. when I had the, all right, this is our block lesson of sex education <laughs> yeah. and, and the guys Just and the girls. <laughs> yeah. It was like a week. Like oh, remember, oh, that's better. I remember okay. it being a week and I went to a Steiner school just up the road and there they were quite progressive when I went yeah. there in terms of, you know, we'd be calling the teachers by their first name. I never wore underwear at school. That was just the thing. <laughs> I didn't even wear like shoes basically. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it was like a, a year seven or eight. Year mm-hmm. seven was like, we're going to talk about sex now, baby. Like, mm-hmm. let's do this. And yeah. so there was teachers brought in and, and the guys and the girls got split up for that whole week. And I remember yeah. feeling very uncomfortable, yeah. very uncomfortable because um, I was a sort of late bloomer as well. So I was already pissed off that everyone else had pubes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I used to be like, I was just such a little chubby, short kid, mm-hmm. oh, chubby and yeah, just like soft looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all the the girls in our year went from being shorter than us to then like 10 out of 10 yeah. babes who were so scary. <laughs> to look like they were so much cooler than us, period, as like girls and guys at that, mm-hmm. that stage of life. Um, and they were interested in the older men at school or the older um, boys at school. Mm. And so you, you're really questioning a lot of stuff at that age, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was really hoping that like I was really intrigued because I wanted to ask questions and I yeah. wanted there to be a space where that was possible yeah um and I remember I remember after the first day of this uh this block lesson that went for a week um I remember going home to my mum saying I don't want to go to school for the next week oh why because it felt um to me it felt like a space that was not productive for questions that I felt like myself and maybe other people were wanting to ask. It was sort of more just like a big up, big dick sort of uh, swinging thing where it's like, have you had sex with a girl yet? Or have you uh, fingered someone? Or like all yeah. that sort of stuff. And and I didn't feel comfortable. Like I didn't feel like it was... I, I didn't like as well, and this is nothing to do with my school. I love that school. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not like how we weren't even it wasn't even hinting on anything to do with the other sex you know Mm. like sex condom this is why you have protected sex this is all that sort of stuff there was nothing about the essence of of why we would do this connection with each other it's like yeah like pleasure yeah and like year seven year year seven uh you're horny all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you are horny all the time. <laughs> and so I know there's this this need and want. Yeah. But I was like, but why? And yeah. also, if I'm feeling like this, how, what are they feeling like? Yeah. So I was lucky enough that I got to I, and open with my family enough to be able to go, mom, I don't want to go to school because I feel like this is outdated shit that they're trying to teach us. Yeah. Um, you're a midwife. My mom is the mm-hmm. most amazing pedal of a human. <laughs> and... I ended up for that week talking to her about this stuff and talking to her friends. And and so, again, linking back to that important women in my life, like her, her, my mother and my mum's friends who were amazing people were the ones who taught me about sex education, you know, and, um, I don't think I've ever, st- I still haven't talked to my dad about it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I still haven't talked about, not because we're like closed off or anything, yeah. but because, um, 
I don't know. Dad and mum have been together since they were 15. So the questions that I have now, dad is just like, I don't know how to answer this question. Yeah. I was like, dad, I had a threesome the other day. And he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> how was it? <laughs> so it's quite funny. And like yeah. humorous. But I'm, I didn't like sex education, yeah. but I, I got it because I pursued actively actively yeah. trying to get um both sides of the story mm. and i think it was very helpful yeah wow that's so interesting can't believe you got a week like i wonder what they were teaching in the rest of the week i don't know i mean there was like it, there was a lot of like it it most days i think they gave it a week because as soon as we start talking about sex it's like <laughs> you yeah, know? and you start classic. laughing and then and then someone calls someone else out for sleeping with someone or like you know, fingering was a big yeah. deal back then. It yeah. was like, yeah, you do fingering like this. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some of the stuff that I genuinely thought was real fact. And it was from my peers in year seven. I'm like, do yeah. not listen to a yeah. year seven year old. It's like, I learned this on Pornhub last night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, did they bring in... Did they actually bring in any professionals or was it just the teachers talking about it? Yeah, so they brought someone in um, to talk about it. But also that's a little bit intrusive in a way where it's like you're talking about something that is is your world yeah. in that sort of that time frame of your life. And you're supposed to talk to some like 60 year old dude about <laughs> sleeping with girls or guys also i do remember really questioning my sexuality around that period of time because not so much like i was drawn to men but at that period of my life i was really scared to be gay and and i just because i knew a friend of mine and how hard that was and then also it it wasn't even that long ago but it was looked at in a very different light Mm. and i'm so fucking thankful that it's changed and and more more men are you know more open-minded and everything like that because but there was a still a very much like you know gay was still used in a derogatory derogatory way and um and it was okay, yeah. you know? And I was like, I remember shaking and just being like, just because I like wearing, like maybe I like wanting to know how I look or dress yeah. or I care about my image or like all of these real mm. classic cliches. I was petrified. Yeah. Now I wish like I could go back. I wish I could go back and be a part of that conversation with yeah. people around that sort of same age. Like, um, straight gay whatever because you know i i'm quite flamboyant Mm -hmm. with how i dress and also i i do not shy away from kissing guys and girls and being intimate with guys and girls yeah um because i'm i I, yes i identify as straight Mm -hmm. but that's because i feel it would be disrespectful if i identified in any other way Mm-hmm. Even though I'm straight, I I feel comfortable yeah. and I want to explore and do all of yeah. that sort of stuff. So just I like think, fluid more. I, I think it's a positive thing for you know straight, gay, whoever, guys, girls to see that mm. in nowadays society. You know, yeah, you don't necessarily have to put a label. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just have some fun. Yeah, and if like a label empowers someone, that's why they're there. But it's not necessary. Yeah, totally. And all respect to people who feel like they've 
they've um they've found their position yeah. in the world and it's giving them clarity to identify as something yeah. and feel that community because that is beautiful as well. Oh.